0: I'm so thankful for his presence. God just rocked my heart right now, man. Praise God. You may make your way to your seats. God is so good. What an honor it is to be able to be in the presence of God together this morning, to hear what he has to say to us. An on-time word. There's never a dull moment in the presence of God. It doesn't get boring There's something new to be revealed to us every single time. There's something that you can take away every single time from his presence. Do not get bored. If you're getting bored, then you're doing something wrong. God is so good, man. I know you all felt that like I did. God is is so, so powerful. Thank you, Lawrence, for being obedient to the Lord and speaking out what he puts on your heart during these times. I think it's so crucial for us to be listeners of what he's saying to us in this moment, especially as Bible college students as we go into this new season. It really is a new season for our church and our cohort as we just came out of kind of a rougher season and a, um, a cleaning, right, cleaning house and all that stuff that was going on. But now we've stepped into the new season and I feel it this morning. I feel it this morning. Well, I'm so thankful again that I even have the honor of leading you guys in this cohort. It is absolutely amazing that I have been given this opportunity. I don't take it for granted. I love you guys. I want the best for you. I want you to receive all of God's blessings and prosperity and his promises that he has given to you. I want those things to be revealed in your life. You guys have been blessed to be able to hear from others too. I know Pastor Joe came in with an awesome word about staying steady in ministry, just some practical things going deeper into some of his stories. And you guys got to make sure you're listening when he's speaking because you are in the presence of an apostle. There are people on Facebook, and it blesses my heart when they tell him things like, you're like the modern-day Paul. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit this morning. The title of my message is Honor the House. And I'm going to get into my first point in a minute, which really goes along with what I was talking about, how We need to recognize who's in our midst and what we have here. But we're going to be talking about honor. And honor is something that we don't see a lot of anymore in our day, right? A lot of us in this room, most of us, all of us, are millennials. Though we are awesome, okay, we're awesome. We have a lot of great things. About us as a whole, as a generation. There's a lot of things that are not so awesome about this generation. And it has to do with feeling like people owe you something. That you don't have to give anybody honor if you don't want to. Who are they? Right? That attitude, man. There's sometimes things come up on my Facebook. I don't even know why they come up. People share some crazy videos. But, man, if you, I'm, I'm sure you guys have seen it too. People in classrooms throwing things at their teacher, talking to their teacher, beating up their teacher sometimes, right? Dude, 50 years ago, you would have never seen that type of stuff. My dad and my dad's generation, he's in his 70s, never would they even think about disrespecting their teachers. There is no honor left. Now it's somehow become cool to dishonor and weak if you do honor. We see children with their parents. See those, those type of videos too, man. You just think to yourself, man, if that was my kid, I'll just, just pop him real good right there. <laughs> he just needs a good old spanking. That's what he needs to learn some honor. Come on, we need to instill honor back into this generation, into our children, into the youth group, into the people that you are ministering to. But I'll tell you, you won't be able to do that if you are not exemplifying honor in your own life. You cannot teach something that you do not possess. So if you have a hard time honoring the house, the church that God has called you to, your leaders and your pastors that God has put over you, the order, you're not going to be able to teach it to others. So the definition of honor is showing merited respect. Giving glory to somebody, lifting them up, esteeming them, admonishing them. I don't know why we think it's different in the church than in the world. People come into the church with some nasty attitudes, not understanding, honor. And see, we're gracious. I don't ever want you to take my words and be like, oh, no, they're, they're going to kick me out if I, if I dishonor or anything like that. No, we're gracious to walk with people, to teach them, to help them, especially if it's not something you were raised with, if it's not something that, you know, was instilled in you from your parents, right? Even in this room, I'm, I'm looking at my brother here. That's not something that was instilled in you as a child, You came here and you were taught. And now you show honor all the time. And now that paves a way for others to honor you. You know what I'm saying? It's a big deal. We are the ones that need to start it in the church. We need to bring it back. So how can we honor this house? There's a few points that were on my heart that I want to share with you. I am very aware that each point can probably be a sermon on its own, but I'm not going to go too deep. I may come back to it at a later time when I preach again, but how can you honor this house? If you call this church your home, and I know people are watching us online, if you go to a different church, honor the house that God has put you in there. So take these points and use it, for your for your church and your life your pastors but for my cohort for our students how can you honor this hearts this house number 1 know what you have know what you have been given here i was just talking about making sure that you're listening when men and women of God are speaking these are humble servants of the Lord they never call themselves i am the resurrected paul here on this earth here to teach you something you know no but if you watch the lives of the leaders that God has put in your in your life you'll be able to recognize that very very quickly you have a discerning heart. You guys have been given everything in this church. There is nothing that is held back from you. Nothing. You have an inheritance here. There are people who have paved the way. Before me, there was people that paved the way in this ministry. And now we came, people have paved the way, and now you are here because of people who have come before you that have paid paved the way. And there is an inheritance here. The Bible talks about in Proverbs 13:22 that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. But I like to think about it also that a good pastor leaves an inheritance for those that he's pastoring. A good spiritual covering leaves an inheritance for his spiritual sons and daughters. And you guys have been given an inheritance here. You have been given a platform. Some of you guys have been given the keys to the building. Some of you want them and you're not ready. <laughs> Get asked that question all the time. Can I have the keys? No. No, you may not. <laughs> Many of you have keys to this building. Many of you are trusted with our vans, trusted with our youth, trusted to, to speak into people's lives. I mean, my goodness, my own daughter is going to your youth group. My own daughter is going to your life group because I know that you have been raised up right. You've been trusted. You've been given over everything that you want here. Nothing is held back from you. See, there's been some crazy things going on. You saw the, pa- the pastor that committed suicide. There's always something in the church that's making us a little like the controversy. We see the abortion. We see the homosexuality agenda, suicide. And I was listening on Facebook to other pastors and their take on those situations. And I was so grieved And not so much for the person speaking. I was so grieved by the hundreds of people that follow him and have to hear that nonsense and are being led astray because of his wavering. Because he would rather be popular and itch some people's ears and not step on their toes a little bit. But he's leading them astray. My heart was so grieved and I began to rejoice in my heart because it helps me realize what we have here. We will not sacrifice on the altar of our reputation or bigger givers for our church and say, oh, that one's not that big of a sin. You can do that. Abortion up to maybe eight weeks is okay, but after that, it's murder, right? We're not doing that. You guys have been given everything here. The teaching that you receive here is so rich. It is so rich, there is such deep depth to it. And many of you who were saved in this church and have never gone to another church don't really know what's out there. And you are protected. You have been protected here. So don't fight against it, okay? Let yourself be covered spiritually. There's an umbrella here. It starts with Jesus. The way we do our leadership, it's there for a reason, Do not kick and scream against it. Amen? So how do you honor this house? Number one, know what you have here. Number two, be committed to grow. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul is rebuking the Christians, the brothers and sisters in Corinth. And he's telling them, brothers and sisters... I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. Mere infants in Christ, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. See, some of you, he goes on to say, you guys are acting worldly. You're having quarrels among you. You're still jealous. You're still doing these type of things. So I have to come to you and and spoon feed you some milk because you're not ready for the steak that I have. And some of us in this room are still acting a little bit worldly and need spiritual milk still. Some of us in this room are so easily offended by what pastors say or what people around you say. Some of you are still dealing with gossip and lying and things like that. Some of you are still drinking milk. But like I just told you, there's so much steak available in this place, it's time to get off the milk and start chewing on some real T-bone steak, some prime rib, whatever you like. We got it all we got it all. You guys like the strip steak? I don't care what you like. You need to get off the milk and start chewing on some steak. But what I ask of you, if you are the one that is still dealing with things, that is drinking spiritual milk, all I ask of you is that you commit yourself to growing. We don't expect you to walk into this building, understand the deep truths of God and the mysteries of God and be able to come up here and preach them to a congregation right away. We don't expect that of you, but we do expect you to grow. That's it. Grow. Amen? In ministry, you're going to have to have some thick skin. You're going to be hurt by people out there. You know, people talk bad about you. It took me a few years to get there. Pastor Joe and Nancy, they got a lot of it, man. People were just... Going. It took me years. It's almost like a trophy though. Like, yes, I got one to say bad things about me now. <laughs> I got my name on the board. <laughs> you guys will get there too. But listen, you have to have thick skin. You can't let it get to you. But you also have to have thick skin when it comes to the rebuking and the correcting and the encouraging that comes from your pastors and your leaders. You have to learn to receive constructive criticism when it comes so that you can grow. How are you going to grow if no one is there to help you grow, to tell you things that you may be blinded to? Maybe you don't see that you do that a certain way and someone has to come along and say, Hey, I noticed this in your life. We need to get that out. So many times people are so quick to tell us the things they don't like about us, right? They'll tell us they don't like our building, our carpet is falling apart, they don't like the way we preach, they don't like the way we stand on corners and evangelize with our shirts, they don't like this, they don't like this, right? Even people in our church, they're very quick to give us their criticism, but when we come back and give them some constructive criticism for their life, it's a problem. It's like, wait a minute, you want to give me some? Okay, I receive, now my turn. Let me tell you, it doesn't go so well. You cannot allow the trusted leaders in your life that are bringing the word of God to you, that are able to see the blind spots that you're not able to see, to allow that to turn into offense in your heart because you will never grow if there is offense in your heart towards your pastors and your leaders. I remember when we first started, well, when I first started being on staff, it was quite a few years ago when we still met in this building for our staff meetings. And uh, you know women, right? Women are already emotional, whether it be that time of the month or something personal going on in our lives. You never know, we're emotional beings. And I remember every staff meeting, probably every staff meeting, someone would cry one of us women would cry. And it was, like, stuff now that if it was said to me, it would just be, like, like, brush it off or, like, oh, okay, cool, I'll do better. Like, literally, like, that easy. But those things that were being told to us, the correction, it would just, like, we would shut down the conversation because we would just start, like like, he hurt my feelings. Until Pastor Joe made a rule that we're not allowed to cry anymore. <laughs> we were not allowed to cry anymore. That rule came pretty quick after seeing a few meetings. Like, okay, these women are just crying all the time. But you know what happened? We grew. We grew. I can't remember the last time that we cried because something hurt our feelings because we were being corrected. No, it doesn't happen anymore. We grew, we trusted our pastor. We knew that he could see past the tears and see that we were kind of manipulating the situation. We were trying to shut down the conversation and now feel bad for me because you hurt me, you know? He was able to see through that and help us grow through that to be mighty women of God that are able to take criticism, that are able to be corrected and stand up and be like, man, you're right. I'm so sorry about that. I'll do better. That's literally what it takes. Like that blew my mind once I learned that. I am sorry, I will do better. Like literally, okay, cool. Like that's it. Like, oh, that's it, Thing. I learned a trick right there. <laughs> that's my trick. You guys need to catch it and use it. I am sorry. Be committed to grow, amen? Be mature in, gra- in Christ. The Bible says in James chapter 1, Verse 2, it says, Brothers and sisters, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I don't think that he's just talking about the big things that are happening in our life. I mean, we can quickly go to the trial. Oh, man, death, sickness, you know, things like that. But anything that is big in your life, I know there's situations across this room, like Mildred being a single mom, or there's different things that she faces that maybe other people don't face, or different things that Jackie faces that other people may not face. And in your life, it might be a trial, You might consider that a hard thing to overcome, but the Bible tells us that in the face of those things, what we should do is persevere because perseverance makes way for maturity. If you don't persevere, you will never become mature. If you are quick to throw in the towel, you will never become mature. You have to persevere. Maturity isn't never making any mistakes. Maturity is being able to own up to them, grow from them, and change the behavior. We understand that not everybody in this room is at the same level. Some of you have been in Bible college longer. Some of you are new. Some of you have been Christians longer. Some of you are new. Some of you have been spending years with Jesus. I mean, my brother has been saved since he was born. He came out the womb saved, okay? (laughs) But you're not comparing yourself to your neighbor. I think we learned that this morning. We look to Jesus individually for ourselves. Amen. Be committed to grow. Realize what you have in this place. And study to show yourself approved. There's a lot in there. And persevere. Amen. So that you can be mature. And the last thing I have is honor your leaders, which is a big in. Go to First Thessalonians five, twelve through thirteen. Oh, you're on the good. So it says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. Let's go to 1 Timothy 5.17. It says, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor especially those who work is preaching and teaching they are worthy of double honor let's go to Hebrews thirteen 17. you're faster than me have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account do this so that their walk will be a their work will be a joy not a burden for that would be of no benefit to you come on there's a benefit that comes to you when you honor your pastors and your leaders if you go to Matthew 13 verse 53 I pray that you catch the honor. I pray that you catch it this morning while you're still early in ministry, while you're still Bible college students. We have to choose to cultivate an atmosphere of honor in this church, in this cohort. It's your choice. Matthew 13, 53 It says, when Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there, coming to his hometown. He began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked? Isn't that the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters here with us? Where the, then did this man get all of these things? In verse 57, and they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. I can imagine Jesus traveling all over with his disciples and coming back to his hometown. Have you guys ever been on vacation and you drive back into Chicago and that feeling you got in your heart like home, right? You get excited, especially if you come the way of coming downtown and seeing the skyline. It's like, man, there's nothing like coming back home. But this is how Jesus was greeted as he came home to what he knows as his home where people should have received him but they took offense at him what was he doing he was performing miracles he was doing things that were good for them speaking in their synagogues amazed I mean they were amazed but then the offense came in he must have said something that bothered them He must have got a little bit deep into their heart. He must have exposed something that they didn't feel comfortable with. And the offense took root. And what it did, it was cut him off from doing many miracles there. They didn't honor him. When you dishonor, it shuts down whatever God had for you in that person. There are pastors and leaders in this church that have a heart for you, have things to share with you, have insight from God for your life. And when you bring dishonor, when you begin to get offended, you cut off what they have for you. It doesn't cut off their calling. It cuts off their calling for your life. It's a beautiful thing when you honor when you honor everything that that person has inside of them is opened up to you everything and we need to be careful in this place because god sees our hearts god hears our grumbling even if we do it in our heart god hears the conversations that we have among ourselves You don't have to agree with everything that we say, with everything that we choose to do, with the direction that we go in the church. You don't have to agree 100%. But disagreement doesn't have to lead to dishonor. You can disagree and still honor, right? There's a story in the Bible in Numbers 12 where it's talking about Moses and Miriam and Aaron, their brothers and sisters, And they were mad, Miriam and Aaron, got mad at Moses because he married an Ethiopian girl. They're like, what is wrong with him? He's not doing this right. And they began to murmur and talk about him. And God was not having it. So they said, has the Lord spoken only through the Moses, they asked. I mean, there's other pastors, there's other preachers out there that speak the word of God. How is Pastor Joe the only one that can tell me about my life? What does Lauren know? There's other people that I could run to that can tell me the word of God. Are they the only ones that God speaks to? Hasn't he also spoken through us? Aren't we also awesome? Don't we lead people so well too? I have a word for people too. Come on, they're murmuring, they're, 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 uh, they're grumbling in their hearts. They're having a private conversation that's never private because the Holy Spirit is everywhere that you are. Don't ever think that you're by yourself and you can say a few words about your leaders and your pastors and tear them down without the Holy Spirit listening. It's dis- honor. So he heard this. See, but Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. At once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come out to the tent of meeting all three of you so the three of them went out then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud he stood at the entrance of the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam when the two of them stepped forward he said listen to my words when there is a prophet among you I the Lord reveal myself to them in visions I speak to them in dreams but this is not true of my servant Moses he is faithful in all my house with him I speak face to face With him, I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Come on, that puts the fear of God in me. Why were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? It goes on, God's anger burned towards them. Miriam ends up getting leprosy. I'm not saying you guys are going to get leprosy if you speak bad about us. (laughs) But you might get leprosy of the heart. And that offense will start to take root, turn to bitterness, turn to anger, turn to hatred, be a divisive person, speaking death. And really, at the all this time, really what you're doing is just separating yourself from the blessings of God. It's doing nothing to the man or woman of God. They're going to keep doing their calling. They're going to keep on preaching the gospel. They're going to keep on seeing souls saved and disciples made. What you're doing is you're cutting the cord of blessing that comes from their life to yours. There are times where you are are going to think. I know everybody here is in different, we have a way of doing things in our church, 101, 201, deacon, elder, apostolic, and then we have three different types of elders, right? Yes, governing elder, I'm asking you guys. Governing elder, pastoral elder, apostolic elder. I mean, we have so many things in this church, the way that we do it in our structure. And I know many of you are in different places within the church and there's gonna be times, tempting times, where you'll look at a deacon and you're in 201 and you're gonna be like, why are they a deacon? They still deal with this, this, and this. I saw her have an attitude. Why is she a deacon? I can do it better than them. I can preach better. I can give a prophetic word better. I'm more gifted. I'm more talented. I have a better voice than them. Why are they being chosen? And I'll tell you why. Because God would rather use a humble servant and a a, a foolish thing to shame the wise than give a proud person everything that they want. Because a proud person will build their own kingdom and it will come tumbling down. But the humble one, God can do anything with a humble heart. You got to be careful what you're doing, what you're saying, what you're sowing in your heart as you speak against the people in their church. Honor your leaders. The reason that they're deacons is because God put them in that place. Does it mean that they don't have an attitude sometimes? No. It means that they need to get that attitude out. Amen? Does it mean that they're never going to say something wrong? No. But they've been put in that place for a reason, and it's your job to honor. There are people in our 201 class, man, that I know can preach better than me on any given day. There are people in our 201 class that I'm just like, man, that person is being so humble right now, just going through the discipleship class, quiet, quiet because they're honoring what we're doing in this church. They recognize what we have here. They're committing themselves to grow, and they're honoring the leaders and the pastors that God has placed into their life. Honor will always release the work of God in your life. Honor authority. Honor those that God has put over your life. And you can even say, I I honor God, so therefore I honor God. Lauren. Because I honor God, I honor Lawrence. I honor TJ. Because I honor God. Proverbs 18.12 says, before a downfall, a man's heart is proud, but humility comes before honor. Humility and honor go hand in hand. So, how can you show your honor practically? Really simple, actually. Show humility. Be quick to apologize. Say thank you. Be grateful. Pray for your leaders. Affirm the ministries. Affirm your pastors. Seek out relationships even those in this room that are leaders, you seek out other leaders. You seek out your pastors. That is one thing that I will always do is I will, I will not let my relationship with Pastor Nancy and Pastor Joe not be there. I will seek that relationship out. Do you know why? Because I care, because I want what they have to say in my life. I want that relationship. I honor them I honor their place in my life there are so many times where I will be so quick to apologize I told you I learned that early on you have to learn it now okay learn it say sorry but there are times where I remember I was in a meeting not too long ago and obviously we we disagree at times and it's okay And I think Pastor Joe said something and I came back. And, you know, I'm not very gentle sometimes either. I'll just say what's in my head. And I came back and we kind of did this back and forth thing. And it was okay. It was no big deal, right? But after the meeting, I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, I hope he didn't take that wrong. Like, I don't ever want to disrespect him. And it's not like a, oh, like, I, I'm so scared of him. No, it's because I honor that relationship. I don't ever want there to become a wedge in between me and Nancy or me and Joe where they don't have the place in my life. Because the Bible also says when you receive an honor, you get a prophet's reward, right? When you receive a prophet, you get a prophet's reward, I don't ever want to cut off what God has for my life in their hearts because of a stupid conversation, because I was prideful, because I didn't humble myself. And see, he didn't tell me I had to apologize, but I wrote them and I said, hey, I'm sorry if I came off like this and this. And he was like, actually, no, you're good. But I needed to do that for my own conscience. I didn't even have to, he didn't even think I did anything wrong but for my own conscience' sake, because I honor my pastors and I want to know what they have to say for my life. I said, I am sorry if I came off with an attitude. I'm sorry if I came off too harsh. I didn't mean it like that. Please forgive me. Even if I didn't do anything wrong. Do you hear me this morning? Don't be so prideful. Man, there are times where Nancy has called me up to tell me, like, hey, you said this thing, and even if it was not the intention of my heart, the way that it came out of my mouth was not okay. And it affected her. Not in a good way. What do I say? I'm sorry. I never want to make you feel like that. Never. Please forgive me. Seek out these relationships your pastors your leaders have made themselves available to you and some people get an offense in their heart like they don't call me they don't message me how am I supposed to message 250 people to check up and see how you're doing I will do my best to remember when you're going through a hard time and I'm sure some of you in this room have have experienced that where pastors do reach out to you and say hey how you doing right now I just been thinking about you but let's not get so prideful where you can't send a message and say, hey, I need to talk. Has there ever been a time that you send me a message and say, hey, can I ask you a question? Who's the one that says, can I ask? It's Oscar, man. I'm like, Oscar, you don't even have to ask me if you could ask me a question. Just ask me the question. <laughs> I love you, brother. <laughs> you could always ask me a question. It's always like, Lauren, can I ask you a question? <laughs> so sweet. So sweet. But I know he honors me. But just for the record, you can always just ask me a question. Love you. <laughs> but when has there ever been a time that you have reached out to me and said, hey, I need, to, I need to talk to you. Hey, I need to schedule something. Hey, I need your help with this. That we haven't helped you. Dude, a phone call away. Pursue the relationships in your life. Pursue the mentors that you guys have chosen. Pursue me as your pastor and you as your cohort advisor. Pursue Pastor Joe and Pastor Nancy. Listen up when they speak. That's one way that you can seek out that relation. Listen when they speak because you're in the presence of men and women of God. You are in the presence of people who have had integrity throughout ministry, who have years and years of experience. I mean, did you hear the stories that he was telling you? That's only a short glimpse. He has a lot more. You can learn something. And I don't want to discourage you this morning if you have been a person that has dishonored a leader, or dishonored, or, or gossiped behind their back, or tore, tearing them down, and really you're just causing harm for yourself, right? But if you have done that, there is hope. It can be restored. You have to have a heart of repentance, and I would encourage you if you are in this room and you have sown dishonor. I believe that the Lord will show you who and how and how you can get it out by saying i'm sorry i will do better please forgive me if i have hurt you or sown dishonor in any way or left a bad taste in your mouth in any any type of situation right we cannot allow the devil to have a foothold in these relationships that God has given to us. And that's what dishonor does. That's what offense does. He gives a devil a foothold. So Lawrence, if you can come, let's stand up. How can you honor this house, this church, that God has placed you in? Recognize what you have here. You have been given everything. Dream big. We won't hold you back. Understand that you are in the presence of men and women of God. Recognize what you have. I remember there's, man, Pastor Joe's always doing apologetics and all that stuff, and sometimes it's just way over my head, unless he talks in, like, dumber terms, you know, for me, it's like, oh, I get it. Yeah, I could use that word. <laughs> but I remember Pastor Griselda and, and myself, we were interested in apologetics. How can we get into apologetics, okay? First of all, Pastor Joe is our pastor, okay? We hear it all the time. We're in his meetings all the time. I mean, the, when you speak to him, he'll just go there. It's all the time, all the time. And <laughs> Griselda starts searching <laughs> for where she can find a good apologetics, you know, Maybe like a curriculum or something, and there are free things out there. There's a lot of awesome ministries that do apologetics, but the things she was looking at cost money. She's like, "Man, I gotta pay for this." And it don't like it was like a light bulb turned on in her head. Pastor Joe does apologetics all the time. <laughs> like we have all of these resources available to us, dude. You want to learn something? Go on the MPI Church website and learn something. It is available to you, given to you freely so that you can go out there and make a difference, so that you know and have an answer for those that question. And you don't have to say it so smart. You know, you can dumb down the words like me and still trip them up. You've been given the tools. You've been given the resources. It's right here for you. Know what you have and take advantage of it. Be committed to grow You guys will be corrected. You will be rebuked, some of y'all more than others. And some of you often, some of you not so often. I think every person in this room has had to go through a correction of some type, some way by a pastor or a leader. Just be committed to grow. We don't expect you to know it all. We don't expect you not to make mistakes. Just say, I'm going to grow. And honor your leaders. Do not cut off what they have to give to your life. Dishonor will do that. So let's raise our hands as Lawrence plays. I want the Holy Spirit to just minister to your hearts right now. If you have just been prideful and not really recognizing what you have in this place, the inheritance that is left for you here that is being given to you the the microphone i mean you guys have been given everything you're able to preach on the ministry truck it's absolutely amazing what you're able to do in this church the ministry that you're able to do the hands-on getting dirty in ministry getting your hand, being the ones on the front lines with the pastors the ones that you call pastors you get to hold hands with them side inside, side and and whoop the devil each and every one of you it's been given to you if you have not recognized that, just say, Jesus, I'm sorry. If you have not committed yourself to growing, if, if getting corrected offends you to the point where you get bitterness or you start getting um, angry or having hatred in your heart and being divisive, say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I will commit myself to grow. And if you have not honored your pastors, your leaders in your life, and you have cut off the blessings that God has had for your life because of the dishonor that you have sown into that relationship. I want you to repent before your God right now for the conversations that you have had with others about other leaders, for thinking you can do it maybe better than someone that was made a deacon before you. say, Jesus, I'm going to honor what you're doing in this church. I'm going to honor the leadership that you have put into place in my life. Even if I don't agree sometimes, even if I disagree with maybe how someone said something, nobody has a right to, to to abuse you in any type of way. You guys, I hope you hear my heart today and don't twist the words around to make it something that it is not. If our leaders are wrong, if our pastors are wrong, trust me, we will deal with it. We will put them into discipline if we have to. They're not allowed to just beat you over the head now because they're a leader. But... 9 out of 10, sometimes 10 out of 10. That doesn't happen. I'm not talking about that. Honor your pastors. Honor your leaders. Jesus was in his hometown, and because they became offended, just a little drop of offense, he was unable to move in the miraculous signs. How many people missed out on their healing that day? How many people missed out on a word that could have transformed their lives that day because they dishonored Jesus? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lawrence, I want to just end with a little bit of worship. If you could just sing out a song or something that's on your heart.